Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. We kick off tonight with the great Australian religion of sport and what some are calling the biggest scandal in Australian sporting history, sport's darkest day. It's the report, of course, by the Australian Crime Commission we've been digesting over these past couple of days, lifting the lid on the widespread use of banned substances among players across different sporting codes, claims of organised crime, even match-fixing. While names, teams, specifics are not yet known, it's claimed players, trainers, coaches, doctors, sports scientists and sometimes even organised crime figures worked to facilitate drug use among players. And as you'll hear in a few minutes' time, that is not the worst of it, according to some. It's a huge letdown for Australian sport, and my question is one of many. What are we to believe anymore? I'd love to hear your take on it tonight in an open house conversation. one three hundred forty twenty twenty. Has your faith in sport been rocked by this? Is this a surprise to you? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. From now on, is there going to be this niggling thought in your mind as a sports fan? Is this match or game rigged? Is this player juiced, cheating? I reckon it does come down to, in a way, a crisis of trust or faith. As I said, what do you believe anymore? Love to hear from you. one three hundred forty twenty twenty. One person I'm really keen to hear from on this is Olympian Elka Graham. I'm so pleased to say has this year, along with her husband Thomas, joined our open house community as our resident sports gurus. And Elka has her own story to tell, being offered performance-enhancing drugs from another member of an Australian swimming team before the 2004 Athens Olympics. Elka, welcome to the open house team. Thanks a lot, Lee. It's great to um, great to be a part of it. Great to have you with us. I'll start by asking you this, Elka. Did this story shock you after all your years of competing and your exposure to lots of levels of sport? Well, sadly, no, it didn't shock me. And I do feel that a lot of other elite athletes or former elite athletes, it wouldn't have shocked them either. I'm a very optimistic person, as is my husband, but we're also uh, realists as well. And, And being at the level of the Olympics, we've seen the best of the best naturally. And we've also seen the best of the best who have been later found for for drug use so it didn't shock me but i really think it's certainly shaken australian sport and it's really opened the eyes to the public i want to ask you about your own story as i made reference to before but how long have you had this thought in your mind did it predate that for instance well, I mean, it goes back to when I was a little girl and I would sit in front of the television and I remember in 1994 um, watching a, a female swimmer who had the size of a, a male back, you know, two male backs. Um, she was a Chinese swimmer and I think I was only 12 or 13 at the 92 Barcelona Olympics and I was watching it in my front room and, you know, we later found out that she'd been done for drugs. So I think it's always been prevalent and it's always been around but you're more i guess exposed to it when you are involved in a profession no matter what sport you're in because you you are around that environment of sport and and unfortunately there is a small minority of people that are taking performance enhancing drugs or have people around them that are involved in the in the wrong kind of walks of life and it's really disappointing because it does throw a big spanner in the works and it does make you then question people that are innocent, which is which is sad. Mind you, according to the Australian Crime Commission, it seems that it's much more than a small minority now. 
Well, it is. And look, they haven't given 100% specifics on exactly what sports and what organisations. We can certainly take good guesses at them. But, you know, we don't have that specific information. So it's very hard to point fingers at. The sad thing about it is there are some brilliant athletes out there, whether in individual sports or team sports or club organisations, that are just raw freaks of talent who are just naturally gifted and are nowhere near any of these illegal substances or have any of these people around them in their life. And they're instead of media being great or publicity be great, exactly what you said before, that they're going to be questioned, you know, these are such a fantastic athlete or team, are they doing it legally? So that is the sad thing with these people that are doing the wrong, the wrong, the wrong things. Yes. Apart from probably not being surprised, how will sportsmen and women themselves be feeling about this now? I think disappointed. I mean, as a, a former athlete, I'm disappointed to see... To see the findings, I'm not surprised by them, but I I really am disappointed because we want to encourage every young male and every young female out there to get amongst sport, which is the best way. It releases natural endorphins. It makes you feel alive. You get a sense of a belonging with the community, with the group, no matter what team or sport you're involved in. But it's sad that negative information has come out about something that Australians love to do. We love to compete in all different kinds of sports and it, it has rocked it has rocked our nation. It's only it's really been the talking point of this last seven days. As I said, you have your own story to tell being offered performance enhancing drugs by a teammate. Can you take us through what happened there? Yeah, well I never um ever specified whether it was a teammate. It was a former swimmer in the time of my career. And I, I wrote an article about this um, six years ago. It was about 507 words to be exact. And my article was enlightening people that we need to wake up, that we're not immune. Australia is not immune. And that there are drugs in sport. I wasn't necessarily only talking about swimming. I was talking in a whole range of different sports. So I wrote that article six years ago and it caused a lot of commotion. Um, It was a really tough time for me. I stood my ground. Everything I needed to say was said in that article. But the sad thing was everything I wrote, it's almost like fast forward six years to where we are now and yes. everything that's coming out is what I wrote six years ago. So it would be interesting to, you know, if I were to have written that article now, I'm sure it just would have been, uh, yep, that doesn't surprise us. Yes. So from a Christian point of view, often we find that when you tell the truth, it is the hardest thing to do. It's also the hardest for a lot of people to swallow and to accept. So for me, it's almost, uh, you know, I, I kind of laugh about it in, a, I guess, in a jovial way, knowing that I, I wrote about this six years ago and it's it's just coming out now. And it is really sad because basically everyone that, that I know that has been involved in sport and the people I've mingled with are really raw, hard, working, you know, just trying to be the best athlete that they possibly can. But you are exposed to athletes who you have known who have ended up being found um, doing illegal substances or people that have just wanted to win no matter what the cost and have started taking drugs. So I take it at the time when you wrote that article, people were saying, oh, this is outrageous, this doesn't happen. Oh, completely. It was it was like we were immune. 
And I still feel to some point of view Australians think, I, I think that's what surprised me the most with these findings, that coming from an athletic point of view, we look on and we can see because we're in that world. It's like if I was a chef and you came out and you said, it's been revealed that we have some of the best restaurants in Australia and that's a shock to most people, but to a chef it's not because you're in that environment. So as a swimmer and being at the highest level and mingling with all different types of sports, of course you would you would see someone, I remember Michelle Smith at the 1996, uh, the 2000 Olympics, pardon me and she shook, you know shook hands with Bill Clinton and she won all these gold medals and it was you know three weeks later she was done for drug taking and, and you're meeting these people and they seem so nice and lovely and they're accepting these gold medals feeling that they've done all this work themselves but they have obviously felt this desire to win at no matter what cost and you know not only disgrace themselves but their family and their friends and their nations and left so many people down so it, it's it's a real big shock can you tell us something of the circumstances of what you're offered, how you're offered it, and what your response was. Well, yeah, Lee. I mean, as I as I wrote in the article, it was basically just before the 2004 Olympics, the swimmer, uh, you know, offered me a performance enhancing drug, as as I'd stated in my article. Um, not long after that, that swimmer did retire, but it made me realise how easily it was available. Um, and it totally opened up my eyes that, you know, it's basically it's you can get a drug if you want a drug. And I'm sure there are many other athletes out there that either whether they know of people or if they feel like they need an extra kick, that the question needs to be put out there and needs to be asked. For me, it was a simple black and white. It was definitely not. I loved just being my natural self, as I'm sure most other athletes in sport are. But it's such a shock now with this report coming out. The biggest shock is the way that everyone's reacting to it because it's heaven forbid that Australians are involved in illegal business. And sadly, we are, like, like other countries around the world as well. So I take it you were more shocked to be confronted with that in your own face than you would be perhaps today? Oh, completely. Yes, Yes, very much so. And I think six years ago, it was almost like I was six years premature of writing an article saying, wake up, you know, sadly these things happen. And now six years on, this article has come out and it's, it's a lot worse, I think, than what I expected. I'm not shocked by it, but I think because it covers such a diverse range of organizations, clubs and sports, it is. It's really saddening. I mean, it's not positive news. We, we, of course, we want to hear that we have the best sports and we are all clean and we are all healthy. And I still believe that the majority of us are. So yes. it's it's really it's disheartening. And I do hope that now preventions and methods are put in place, and that now that this has come to light, people not only become more realistic about it, but we learn to do something about it as well. Here's the big question, though: Can you turn the tide of this? I mean, it sounds to me like a naive question to ask, especially with the gambling dollars, as we'll deal with in a moment, that hang on sport in lots of different ways today. Can you turn this tide back? Well, it's like asking, can you relive your past? The answer is no, you can't. Um, All you can do is face the facts right now and go, okay, we want to move forward. How do we move forward? So that's how I would answer that question. It certainly, you know, let's hope in six years' time we talk and we can we can laugh about the state of what the sport was in six years ago, meaning now, and six years moving forward, that we can look at it now and, and the report comes out in six years' time and it's a complete turnaround. 
Elka, I love optimists, but uh, I wish you luck. Do you have faith in the clubs, the codes, the administrators to draw a line and together turn this tide back? Oh, it's that's just that's just such a huge question. As an optimist, my answer is yes. I love everybody. I, I believe in everything. I I have faith, but the reality is, there's a few bad eggs. Obviously, and, and as the report has shown, in, in different codes and sports and clubs and organisations, there are people out there who are looking only to make money. There are people out there who want to make money off offering, whether it be vulnerable people, athletes, codes, clubs, teams, medication that is not legal. There are people that want to win at all costs and all they believe in is their sport. They, they don't believe in anything bigger than sport. And so they'll do whatever it takes. So do I have faith in six years' time that we're going to be a clean nation? No, I didn't believe that six years ago when I wrote that article. It, it was a wake-up and I think we wanted to, to push my article, you know, just screw it up and throw it in the bin saying, no, nope, I'm not going to believe that. But I was really honest and I wanted to come out and say, it does happen. Can I ask you this, and I made mention of it in the intro, whether this is ultimately a crisis of trust or truth I mean, that we all have limitations as humans in our performance, a crisis of trust, a crisis of faith. From now on, what are we left to believe in sport? I think in a sentence, people have a crisis in Christ. (laughs) They are struggling. The two biggest things that every human being has in this world, no matter what they do, whether they play sport or they've just been born or they're towards their old age, no matter what you do, You are not exempt from these two things that every human being craves, to be loved and to have a purpose. And I feel that if we're dealing with sport, people are becoming egotistical and finding that the love of money is their God and they will do whatever it takes to make themselves feel like they themselves are are controlling their lives. They themselves are the God. So, yes, there is a big crisis in Christ. There is a big crisis. There is a big faith, lacking of faith um, in those certain individuals that are causing a ripple effect and inviting people that are not sure or vulnerable or who have ever thought of doing something illegal to take that chance. And for anyone out there who is listening to this, this is when you need to let your yes be yes and no be no. And what you said before, Lee, is to draw a line in the sand and say, I love my sport and I do it to the best of my ability, but in no way, shape or form will I ever overstep that mark and do something that is illegal. What a great... um summary sentence (laughs) but ultimately you're an optimist although a realistic optimist i guess correct definitely and i I do i want i don't just want australia i want every single sport to be clean i remember many years ago they were tossing up the idea of the the olympics what we have every four years and a drug olympics and the drug olympics is never going to take off because who would want to go and watch that and who would want to put up their hand saying, yes, I've taken performance-enhancing drugs or I'm I'm match-fixing or I'm... So people are still thrown in that mix when it does come to those big codes and those big games and those big match-fixing. There's so much on the line and so much pressure. The one big great thing that I think hopefully this has happened is that more people will come out now and talk Yes. and that when people do retire or move forward, they, they will... Stand up and take a step and, and not necessarily name names, but if they've done the wrong thing, well, stand up and take ownership of that and talk about your experience from it and what you've learned from it 
and what you can do moving forward. Elka Whalen, I'm so glad you've joined us tonight and I'm so glad you're joining us in the uh, weeks and months ahead as one of our sporting gurus with uh, your husband, Thomas. Thank you so much for your wisdom, experience and time. You're great. Thanks so much, Thanks Lee. So Look much, forward Elka. to being part of it with you all. See you soon. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this open house podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.